Hey, good morning, Four Corners. How are we? Oh, I miss, hey, well, thank you. I miss Rob Gronkowski in some ways. As he's talking, it's just, it's hard not to laugh. Uh, he is one of the most unique and funny players. And what you saw there is part of the reason why I love the NFL. And I would love if every game, if they offered, offered that opportunity for me as a listener to somehow something in my ears could hear what those players were saying to each other. I mean, what a remarkable thing that would be to hear that. And uh, if you are here, you're in the right place. I'm so honored. It is a joy to be with you, uh, to hear a little bit from the Word. And before I begin, before I begin uh, we're in the middle. October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we don't make a big deal about it around here, but uh, there is a guy I want to acknowledge and honor. It's my boss. It's my friend. But more importantly, it's our pastor, someone I respect, someone I love, a friendship I cherish, and I want you to thank uh, him with me, and it's Pastor Ben. He's over here. So you do that. We love you. We love you, and it's never, uh, it's never odd for us to congratulate you and Jill uh, for 15 years. A few weeks ago, it was a food truck rally here, and what a remarkable legacy you're living, you are living, not just at this church, but in each person here in some unique way, and I am grateful for that. I want to ask you uh, this morning, it's Cincinnati weather, did anybody turn the heat on <laughs> this morning? We got a few. All right, who was the ones that kind of said, you know what, I'm waiting till Christmas. The heat does not go on. Anybody? We got a few. You are like my mother. I am telling you what, it was about Christmas time when I first started to feel a little bit of the heat coming on in the room. And uh, this Wednesday night, uh, we had a small group at our house on Wednesday, and we had a fire going, and there was a few folks who were brand new to Four Corners that were able to be with us. And if you're one of them, but also more importantly, if you're new to this place and new to this church, I want to extend a special welcome to you. Honestly, this is one of the most remarkable places, I believe, in this area. And you're going to spend some time here, and I pray and hope that you find some friends. I pray and hope that you'd find that this church is one where you can grow up in, that if you have kids like we just saw, that you have a group of people who love your kids, but more importantly... We believe that this church is the hope of the world. Honestly, there are a lot of organizations, there are a lot of companies, governments, they've all come and passed, but one thing that's remained true is the local church, and we believe in it. And if you are new here, I've I got to say, I've been here with my wife almost 10 years, which is just crazy, but we've found some incredible friends, we've found some incredible people to do life with, and I, I want to just again say, you are in the right place. We love you. We want you here, and I'm so excited to talk to you today a little bit uh, from Matthew, and we're, gonna, we're on the topic of forgiveness, and I have a photo for you that I wrote down on the whiteboard, and I kind of want to give you the brief uh, overview of what's going to happen here today, and this is uh, in Chicken Scratch writing, this is mine, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to go to Matthew 18, so if you're following along in the Bible, it's going to be Matthew 18, verse 21, and we're going to ask the question, Why? Why is it important, as we talk about forgiveness, why is it important for us today to lean in? We're going to talk a little bit about what forgiveness looks like, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what unforgiveness could look like. Then I'm going to offer some hows, some, some maybe some practical steps, not in a Dr. Phil way or, or anything like that, but really a way to say, hey, if you want to become more free, forgiveness is really the key to it. And as we're talking about forgiveness, if you're a Christian, really, the idea of forgiveness is a lot about freedom. And at the end, we're going to talk about Jesus. That's the plan for today. 
And if you're following along in the text, you can go there on your phone. You can, you can also go to Matthew 18. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump in. God, thank you. We pray that our hearts would expand, our hearts would open, our mind and our thoughts would be so more focused on you. God, we're grateful for this opportunity that you give us. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew 18, and, and before we talk about forgiveness, there's a lot of things that forgiveness is not. In understanding forgiveness, there's a few things that, that are not forgiveness. Forgiveness really uh, is a pretty important topic, but forgetting is not forgiveness. So just because you've forgotten something or just because you chose to not think about it for a set period of time, that's not forgiveness. Reconciliation is also not forgiveness. That would require two people coming together and reconcile. So that means that forgiveness is not that. You don't have to forgive, and that automatically means your best friends, your best buddies, you're hanging out. That's not fully what it means. It's also not a one-time event. We're going to see a little bit more about that today. Another thing that forgiveness is not is it's not denying the fact that you were wronged. And today I want to be really sensitive to that. And forgiveness isn't just denying that something bad happened to you. And we're adults in this room, and my guess, if you haven't been wronged yet, just wait. You will be wronged in this world. And forgiveness is one of the most important topics, the one of the most talked about things in this Bible, is the idea of forgiveness. And so we're going to go to Matthew, and understanding a little bit of context, in Matthew 14, so a couple chapters before, Jesus feeds the 5,000. A couple verses later, Jesus, we see him walking on the water, and Peter enters this story. Peter is one of his best friends, one of his disciples, enters the story, and he's going to be included in Matthew 18. In Matthew 15, 32, Jesus now feeds 4,000. So he's taking some fish, some bread, he's multiplying it. And so these people are seeing extraordinary miracles around this person of Jesus. And right before Matthew 18, in Matthew 17, Jesus heals a boy with demon, with a demon. And then in Matthew 18, in Luke and a couple of other Gospels kind of describe this conversation that's going. And they're kind of arguing with each other, some of Jesus' closest friends. And they're arguing and saying, who is the greatest? So who amongst us is the greatest? Even if they've seen so many miracles and they've seen so many great things happen, they're beginning to ask, who is the greatest? And in Matthew 18, if you're following along, verse 21 says this. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Kind of posing a question. Jesus said to him, this is where it gets good. I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And what Jesus is about to enter into is a story, a parable. It's going to explain a little bit about what he means. He says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. I had no idea what talents is. Essentially, one talent equals 20 years labor. So if you invest, in our terms, if you invest, you work super hard, you live to 100 years old, let's all hope we live there, and we started working when we were a baby, we could probably learn about five talents. We invest, things goes great, uh, we win the lottery, let's say we have down 20 talents. This man who comes to the king, the servant, owes 10,000 talents. 
And since he could not pay, obviously, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me. If you're on your message notes, something you got in the, in the, uh, as you walked in the door, mark that word, highlight it, we're going to come back to it. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. You can circle released and forgave. But when that same servant, and I'm going to pause right there. So those, free, those few verses, what a story of forgiveness. What a story of being owed 10,000 talents. And I'm reading this, and it's just a story. It's just a parable. What did this guy do to owe 10,000 talents? I've owed people money before. Maybe uh, you've owed people before. And we offer a program called Financial Peace University, and it talks all about this, how freedom comes when debt is eliminated. But he owes him 10,000 talents. And the story kind of takes a little change here as soon as the word but enters. He forgave him the debt, but when that same servant went out, he found, once you circle that, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. Denarii is essentially one day's wage, three months. Still a lot of money, but it's not 10,000 pounds. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. This phrase patience is saying, give me a little bit of time. Give me a little bit of time and I can promise you with a little bit of time, I can pay the debt that was owed. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what they had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should, not, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And here it is, guys. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I was thinking about this message, and there was a time when I was traveling uh, back and forth from Florida with Pastor Ben, and we had rented a van. Um, we had rented a van, and we were uh, picking up some sound equipment that was offered from a fellow church member in Florida, and we were bringing it back. And, the, and, the, and if you know anything about this trip from Florida to here, um, there's a stretch of, uh, of, of highway, really, uh, that you could make, if you're, if you're going a little bit over the speed limit, you can make this journey in about 15 to 16 hours, right? If you're following the speed limit, it takes like two days. <laughs> so if you, you're following the law, it takes two days. If you go a couple miles per hour over, uh, you can really make it happen in 14, 15 hours. It's pretty, pretty, pretty much the way you can do it. And as we were traveling uh, with this rented van, we're really hanging out. We're making our progress. We're making our way. I'm not telling you who's driving, but we're both kind of in the cockpit hanging out. And uh, it's on both of us, right? Uh, uh, it's kind of how it works. And we're going. We're talking life. And all of a sudden, we see uh, the blue and the red lights behind us, Right? And many of you have probably been in this scenario, and this is completely, what I'm about to say is not relative uh, to the message, but really, I'll give you a tip. If you get pulled over, if you get pulled over, they really tell you, roll the windows down, put your hands kind of on the dash, get your license ready, and really just be re respectful to the police officer. And in this situation, there was no doubt 
that we, as two friends, were guilty. We were going over the speed limit. And so the police kind of does his thing. But as the police officer is walking to the front of, of the car, we had a plan. And this plan was this. It's just kind of funny. I want to let you into it. We decided we had XM uh, satellite radio because we had that van. We put it to Joel Osteen radio. We turned it really loud. And as soon as that cop came to come up, we had to tell him, sir, we're pastors, which is not, that's, that's not a lie. We're pastors. We're loving the Lord, and we would love to get out of this ticket. And the cop kind of looked at us, kind of funny, went back to his car and wrote us a $450 check that said, you have to pay this, <laughs> and this debt is owed. And you may have been in a similar situation, but it's really obvious, right? It's really obvious. We are guilty. There is a debt that is paid to Georgia, police, state, sheriff, whatever, wherever that goes. There is a debt that is paid, and there's no doubt we are in debt, we are caught, 100%. We are guilty, caught, and there is a debt to be owed. And it's more of a funny kind of scenario, but, it, but really in this story, there's so much truth into real life. We as, as people, we as believers, if this is what we're going to decide to live our life, we have a debt that is owed that we cannot pay, 100%, that we cannot pay. What happens in this story is a story of forgiveness. What happens is a king who's owed 10,000, multiple million and million and billion, so much days and months and years of labor, and he decides to do two things. We're going to look at two things that he does. He didn't just forgive him. He was being asked for time. He didn't just forgive him, but he released and forgave. And today I want to kind of encourage you. There may be something that you need to release when it comes to forgiveness. Because it really is about releasing. You get that? I'm a fellow traveler here though. But saying I forgive that person, but when I'm asked about it, I kind of bow up and yeah, I just forgot about that guy. Or yeah, I don't want to talk about it. That's not, that's not forgiveness. There's a part when you actually release and I think it's intentional that the king said that the debt is paid 100%. You are released, and you are sent out, and you are free. I want you to grab your message notes out if you got them, if you brought them in. There's a little a fill in the blank that I hope this, this point really uh, gets nailed down and solidified here. It says this, we are more like Jesus. We are more like Jesus when we choose to forgive. It's an option. It's a choice. And the person next to you isn't going to make the choice for you today, if you came with someone. And the person that wronged you, it's not on them. When we forgive, we are more like Jesus. And I love seeing um, this part where after the Roman soldiers had scourged and nailed him, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. Church, we are more like Jesus when we choose to forgive. We are more like Jesus when we choose to forgive. And if you're a believer here today, if you've kind of put your heart and mind on the fact that you want to give your life to Jesus, this principle is so monumental to the whole Christian faith. We are more like Jesus when we choose to forgive. Isn't that what it's about anyway? Becoming more like him? And forgiveness is really, really tough. I think there's two camps if I can begin to pry, I think there's two camps here when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about freedom. I think one of the camps is that some of us are so sensitive to our sinfulness that it haunts 
us. There's two camps. I believe one of the camps is so sensitive to the sin and, and, and to the doubt and to the, the fear of doing things wrong and so sensitive to that that we actually miss out on the freedom that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. We're so sensitive to it. That's one camp. And I think on the other side, even may, maybe a more dangerous camp, is that we're so calloused to the fact. We're so calloused that we claim that Christ has forgiven our sins, but and if sin is brought up now, it's, it's usually just someone else's fault. It's someone else's fault. We're so callous to the fact. Some of us may be a little too sensitive to sin and too callous to it. In Colossians 3.13, says this, Bearing with one another and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. I'm going to read it again. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Christian husbands, I'm one of them. Lean in here. This is really, really important in marriage, in a healthy marriage, in a healthy relationship with your spouse. Forgiveness. If the Lord has forgiven you, which he has, extending releasing that same forgiveness to your spouse is going to open up the floodgates of joy, honestly, in your relationship. Christian wives, it's the same thing. It really is. I don't know your story. I don't know your story with your spouse. I don't know any of that. But, 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 God's called you and called us to forgive, to extend, to release forgiveness. And when that happens, joy, peace, a vibrant relationship, Happens here. James 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is, this is a, just a, a statement, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in this story, which I love, we believe this word of God, like on this, it's not just text being talked about, it's really the breath of God. And when we read it out loud, we're, li we're literally hearing the breath of God. That's what we believe. And in this story, it's so important to know both responses. There's one response, which is revenge. And there's one response, which is release. And the king chose intentionally to give this servant complete freedom without strings att attached. If you dig right in here, I just want you to look at this again. Have patience with me and I will pay you. But when that same servant went out, he found. This is, you got to be looking. If, you're, if He found. you got to be looking, right? So he found someone. He's out looking. His fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, grabbing him, he began to choke him out. I'm not going to imply that, that some of us, even me in my life, honestly, that, that we go out and we, we seek someone and begin to choke them to death. But man, it's gripped my heart before when someone's wronged me to the point where I, mean, I want that person, I want that person who wronged me to pay. That was not right. That was not just. That person needs to pay. And so we see in this story, I mean, he found him, he choked him out. But what he forgot is, just before he was forgiven for the same debt that he owed. Revenge is a response. To release is also a response. And remember, forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation, right? 
I want you to write down a few phrases here. So forgiven to forgiving, to receive and to release. Forgiven to forgiving, receive and release. As Christians, I believe, remembering the fact that we have been forgiven, our past, our present, our future, that we are a forgiven person, leads us and helps us and guides us to begin to forgive others. Knowing this is crucial. Once we receive forgiveness and having the ability to then release it, receive forgiveness to release. There's a pastor, his name's Gary Enrig. He says this, it's on our screen, it's a quote that is just absolutely fabulous. It says, forgiveness from all our sins is a wonderful gift that we receive when we come to Christ. All our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. But at the same time, forgiveness is a continuing need in our lives because sin is a never-ending reality. We do not need a repetition of the full and free forgiveness that made us members of the family of God through saving faith in Christ, but we do need the ongoing forgiveness that is part of being his children. Do you get that? Do you catch that? Forgiveness with us from here up here. So vertically, forgiveness between us as an individual and our loving father, that level of forgiveness happens when we realize it's really about fellowship. It's really about fellowship with him, the, the, the God, the father that created us, receiving that forgiveness that he offered that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. He didn't stay on the cross. He was buried and he was resurrected. That's like the does that make sense? That, that when we receive that forgiveness as believers, we ought to now extend and release the same forgiveness that we received. And it's hard. That's why we're talking about it. I feel like there's just a little cloud over the room as, as you begin to analyze your own hurt and analyze the people that have wronged you. And we're not minimizing that. And we're not saying forget it. But we have to remember that our relationship here with our Heavenly Father, He continues to send out, if we're believers, He continues to pour out forgiveness to each one of us. It's a reason I love this church. We want to encourage you. Pastor Ben wants to encourage you. But man, what he does so well, open this word and read it. And say, hey, this is, this is real. This is the truth. The same kind of forgiveness that's offered to us. We ought to, as believers, begin to send out and release the same kind of forgiveness that's been offered to us. It's hard. Forgiveness is about fellowship with our mighty God. Forgiveness is about fellowship with our mighty God. We do not need a repetition of the full and free forgiveness that made us members of the family of God. We do need the ongoing forgiveness that is part of being his children. That's part of being with him. That's part of the fellowship with him. That's the kind of forgiveness we're talking about today. And I love this story because you just see, you begin to see a picture. It begins to make sense. And Jesus used parables, he used stories to be able to, to, to quickly access the brains and minds of people who were following him. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. He released and forgave him the debt. And I want to get really, really into it right here if you're following along where it says, 
This is what I believe. The enemy wants hard hearts. The enemy, enemy of our soul, wants hard hearts when it comes to forgiveness. And maybe you came in today with a wall kind of around your heart, around the soft areas of, of your soul, and you've built a wall. And the, things about, and the thing about walls are that it keeps, good, it keeps bad and good out. So the enemy wants hard hearts because he knows, he knows that if your heart is hard, forgiving becomes almost impossible. If your, heart, if your heart is hard, it's almost impossible to be generous. If your heart is really, really hard, it's almost impossible to experience the full joy and freedom that comes with being a believer in Jesus Christ. It is nearly impossible. Hard hearts. A heart that is, that is, that is walled off. There's a perimeter around with experiences of, of times you were wronged that start to build that wall. And before you know it, that wall is so strong and, and it cannot be broken through. It doesn't matter how good the preaching is that day. It doesn't matter how good the worship is that day. It doesn't matter how good the small group is. It doesn't matter if your heart's that hard. And that wall is so thick of memories of times you could not forgive or times you did not choose to release forgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Proverbs 18, 13, 18 19 says this, An offended brother and sister is more unyielding than a fortified city. And disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. An offended brother, one who's living in offense, who's been wronged legitimately, who's probably been hurt legitimately, is more unyielding than a fortified city. And disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. There's nothing that's going to come in, good or bad. And maybe you walked in this morning and, and you're here at church and you're, and you're essentially saying, look, I don't want anything to come past that wall that I've kind of come in with. You, Will, you don't know what's happened to me. And I don't. There is, there is someone who does. I believe part of forgiveness starts with, starts with what we just talked about. Realizing the fact that our hearts could be hard and maybe not even knowing it or maybe becoming so calloused to the fact that our heart is hard. And there's work and there's special work that I believe the Lord wants to do in your life, through your life, in the body of Christ that is not happening because we or you maybe has a hard heart. We need you. The work's going to get done. The local church, what the Lord wants to do on this earth, will get done. But it needs more soldiers. It needs more people who have a soft heart before the Lord and say, hey, use me, guide me. I've been wronged, but I'm ready to release. I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to tear down that wall that is now surrounding my heart so deeply. A few weeks ago, Pastor Ben had a phrase that said, your enemy wants to use hard things in life to harden your heart. Couldn't be more true here. 
And uh, I had the opportunity recently to uh, travel overseas with my wife. It's something I love about this church is um, we're able to take vacation. I love what I do. I love my job, but it's so good to refresh. And we were able to get out of the country uh, without our son. We love, we have a 17-month-old. I don't know when you start saying years and months, but 17-month-old. And we left him here with my mom, and we went uh, uh, overseas. And, and part of where we were at required a lot of walking. Uh, part of where we were at, you had to really walk a lot and be able to see all the sights. It was really cool. But yo, I got to tell you, um, when one of the first days, maybe day two, I received the splinter on my big toe, my big right toe. And I received a splinter by just walking, swimming, hanging out. I don't know. Um, I received the splinter. And as I kind of walked on it more and more and more, that splinter became infected and really, I was put out of commission, like 100%, put out of commission, size 14 shoe. So basically, uh, my big toe is like a size 7. And um, that's how it felt. I'm not even kidding. That's how it felt. It hurt so bad. So anyway, I'm on the, on, uh, uh, there was like this bench area. I laid down and I told my wife, I've got to get this splinter out because literally it is killing me from the inside. I want to see this sight. I want to walk here. But this splinter has got to go. Anyway, I grabbed a towel, kind of rolled it up, you know, bit down, told my wife, get in there. And it had been in so long, the splinter had been in so long, there wasn't an opening. You know how that works? Usually you can push that splinter right out the opening. It usually just kind of slides out. It hurts. It hurts. But hey, give it an hour or two. We're good. We're back to full health. I'd let that splinter go so long that it calloused up. And that foot, that big toe that was absolutely throbbing, it had a second heartbeat on it, that toe was now out of commission. And there was no place of entry for that splinter because it had covered up. Long story short, the splinter gets removed. My wife cuts up a new opening. And not to be too graphic, but man, a little bit of blood. And uh, that splinter kind of comes out. And it was not big, but it caused the most pain, honestly. And the thing is, I'm not just sharing you a story about my foot, uh, but the thing is, this is what unforgiveness is going to do to you, for real, like for real. Unforgiveness is just like a splinter. You don't know when it kind of hit. You may, and they kind of say, man, it hit, and you know, over time, that unforgiveness, uh, whoa, it's starting to, starting to hurt, and, and maybe that, it starts to go away for a while, and begin to realize that, hey, if I want to get that hardness out of my heart and out of my soul, I may have to puncture a little opening and start working on it. It's the same thing, honestly, honestly. It's like a, an unforgiven offense is like a splinter. It's a poison that will kind of make its way and infect your heart and infect your soul. And it will really, really damage what God's trying to do in and through you. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Proverbs 27.19, As in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. you got to guard your heart. In it flows there was a previous message ago, we were talking about a heart, and there was a time when uh, I was in high school and my mom would, I'd be going on a date or going out to get ice cream two minutes away. It didn't matter. Uh, she would say, Will, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. It's the same thing here. Guarding your heart is crucial. 
to forgiveness. You can't really talk about it without talking about your heart, the things that matter, the area that really, really is important, your soul, the, the, the inner being of you guarding your heart. So is your heart soft? Is your heart soft? Last point, I want you to be, be writing this in. Inability to forgive is an insight to our character. Inability to forgive is an insight to our character. Inability to say, I am going to release and forgive. I am going to say, the debt has been paid, is an insight to our character. And true forgiveness has a lot to do with trusting God. Proverbs 16, 20, those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful, even when they're wronged. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. Failure to forgive is just an insight to our character. And forgiveness is not impossible. i got to tell you, forgiveness is not impossible. You can forgive. You can. You can do it. What is holding you back from releasing forgiveness to those who have wronged you? As you walked in, and maybe during worship, I want to point your attention to something. Um, it's a bookmark. And if you didn't receive one, totally cool. No problem. Uh, as you head out, we're going we're gonna to offer for you. It looks like this. If you want to grab this out. Um, it's pretty simple. I think forgiveness can happen and, and forgiveness can spur on as we read the word of God, as we pray, and as we talk to God. I believe forgiveness can happen. It doesn't matter how hard your heart is. And in this is just seven days. And tomorrow it's Colossians 3.13. And Tuesday, it's Matthew 6. And Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. There's verses that are relative to, to forgiveness that I believe will encourage you. Now, this isn't a how-to. Take the seven days and that pain and that thing that you can't forget about. It doesn't mean it's going to go away. But we believe that reading the, and opening this... And having a heart that is open to receive and saying, hey, I'm going to take seven days and I'm going to actively try. I'm going to actively try to forgive. I'm going to actively try to release forgiveness on those who cross my path. I'm going to actually try this for seven days. I've got to encourage you to do it. You may not even know. You, you may not know. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on that whiteboard, I wanted to offer a, a, an opportunity to say, hey, here's how. If you're really stuck, here's how. Here, here's one way that you can, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a friend, and maybe even, you're not even that far along yet. Maybe you just want to be a better human being. Here's three things that I believe can change and offer forgiveness maybe in your life. And the first one is this. Verbalize the offense. Verbalize the offense. Uh, in marriage... Uh, this, this is key, Christian husbands and Christian wives. This is key, verbalize the offense. And we were laughing at Rob Gronkowski on the video, uh, but what I love about that video is he's saying sorry, but he's really not saying sorry. Did you notice that? I am so sorry I, that guy kind of crossed my path, but come on, they should throw the flag on him. 
That's not forgiveness. Verbalize the offense. Number two, verbally ask. So with your words, men, with your words coming out of your mouth to your spouse, to your wife, to your friend, verbally ask forgiveness, mercy. Verbally ask forgiveness and mercy. This is a how. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but this is a step. Hardest part for Will, because I'm competitive. I like to win. It doesn't matter if I'm on the field. doesn't matter if I'm arguing with my wife about where to go to dinner. My choice is correct. My choice is right. And I always love uh, picking. I always love winning. And you may be the same way. But number three is the hardest for Will. And my guess is if I leaned in, it could be really hard for you in this room. Number three, listen after you've forgiven. After you've verbally said, I am sorry. I did wrong. I am in the wrong place. I did not mean what I said. And you let it be quiet. There's no, I am sorry, but I'm really kind of stressed at work. I'm really kind of tired. Number three, listen and never deflect, defend. Specific to believers, specific to Christians, specific to those in the room at this. These three things, I believe, can start fueling relationships and fueling joy in your own life. Be prepared for breakthrough when you begin to forgive. When you verbalize the offense, when you verbally ask forgiveness and mercy, when you listen and you never deflect and defend. I wish I could say the person who wronged you, the, um, and I, I wish I could say that they, they're going to come out and, and hear this same message and call you today and say, uh, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And the last point here really is forgiveness isn't for the person that you're forgiving. forgiving. Forgiveness really is for you. Forgiveness isn't just for the person that's wronged you. Forgiveness really is for you. And it's not about forgetting the event. It's not about denying that it happened. It's not about saying, you know, over about five, ten years from now, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. Really, forgiveness is about releasing the offense. Because, remember, we are a forgiven body. We are a forgiven group. We have been forgiven. I believe when we forgive, there's a few things that happen. I believe freedom happens. I feel, I feel like joy flows into the hardest regions of our heart. And more importantly, when we forgive, as a reminder, we become more like Jesus. When we forgive, we become more like Jesus. We go back to Matthew. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. I need some time, I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him. In his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It's what what forgiveness can do. There's a passage that you probably know well, and it's Matthew 6. 9 through 15, it says, This then is how you should pray. 
And we're going to close with this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Anthony, you can come up as we're going to continue into worship. And we don't want this to be a message that we hear and we didn't take any action to. So Pastor Ben mentioned it. There's a Connect card. I want to encourage you to grab that out. Take the Connect card. You've got your bookmark. Keep that with you. You can throw it into your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that's totally okay. You can take a screenshot of it, put it on the, uh, the background of your phone. And next step, every single week, but also for today, is if you, this forgiveness thing is something that's new, and, and you walked in here realizing, hey, I need forgiveness. I want to offer to you that the forgiveness can come as you begin to trust and give your life fully to Christ. And if this is something that's moving your heart, I challenge you, mark next step A. We're going to call you this week. We're going to check in with you and talk to you about what that decision would mean. Second service today, we're going to see a few people be baptized, but there is an opportunity coming up on December 8th. If you've already received that forgiveness and you're saying, hey, I want to take that and make a public uh, a declaration of it to my friends, my family, people at this church, December 8th, is that time. Next step C, grow an awesome opportunity here at this church. If you have not been in a grow course, I'm telling you, disregard what I told you today and fill this next step out. Here's what's coming. Grow one, grow two, grow three, grow four. It begins at 1 p.m. and it's coming weekly, right? So it's really, really easy as you follow along. And if you have any questions about this, you want to grow, I encourage and challenge you, fill this out, put step C, and we'll send you all the details that you may need to know. And step D is the one that's close to my heart. This isn't a, a promised fix. This isn't a, uh, you're going to forget about everything if you read this. But it's a practical way to say, hey, for seven days, I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to open my iPhone, my Android, whatever it is. I'm going to go to it. I'm going to read it. And I'm just going to reflect for one minute. I'm going to reflect and say, God, is there unforgiveness in my heart? God, is there anybody in my life who I need to actively forgive? Is there anybody that I need to send and release and offer forgiveness to? Because my heart may be a little hard. My spirit may be a little hard. Mark that. We're going to encourage you this week as you do it. And step E, later today, a group of four seers are going to uh, India. And there's a wedding that's happening. And we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to partner with them. And at this moment, as you fill out that connect card, some ushers are coming to the front. And they're going to take for us offering and ties. And as that bucket is being passed can drop in your connect card, but really I, I want to just encourage you about specifically about India. And we believe the Lord orchestrated our relationship with this place. And you can see some photos of, of men and pastors being encouraged. And we believe the Lord orchestrated it because he orchestrates all good things. But I've got to be honest, the generosity of this church made this relationship flourish. 
the generosity of saying, hey, I'm going to give a dollar here. I'm going to not have a coffee here. and Instead, I'm going to give it to the local church. Because of that, this place is on fire for the Lord. And we have the opportunity to visit it. We leave today. And I would ask, as you filled out Next Step E, and as you're preparing to give, I'd encourage you just to remember that this church is generous. The Lord orchestrated it, but the generosity of this church made it happen. We're going to continue to worship. I'd ask that you pray with me as we close. God, we want to thank you. We're so grateful for your son. We're grateful for all that you have done here in this place. We're grateful that you're a good God. We're grateful that we have the opportunity. We're grateful. And Lord, I pray right now. We pray for your forgiveness. We're so grateful that you forgave us. And God, we want to, just like the king did in this story that we read, that you told to Peter and you told to the disciples, we want to release forgiveness on others, but also, Lord, I pray that you would actually actively encourage us to do it. It wouldn't just be a message, something we hear, something we're stirred, but actually we'd become known as a group of people who would do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.